Zelina Vega has been released from WWE and a title match is set for AEW Dynamite. We talk about it next on the Squared Circle Cycle Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, the big news that everybody's talking about this weekend is Zelina Vega being released from WWE. This, of course, coming from her, you know, being a big supporter of having Twitch accounts outside of WWE. She just opened an OnlyFans account, which also played a part in this. She supports unionization, which she tweeted out 10 minutes before the news broke of her release from WWE. What do you make of all this? Uh, Well, let's start with the release. I I think that there certainly are going to be more wrestlers that unfortunately are going to end up following suit because I think that they're going to be a little reluctant to uh, give up their, their, their endeavors outside of the WWE. And you know what, maybe, maybe they shouldn't be giving up those things. You know, it's, it's their opportunity to earn more money outside of just their WWE contract. So not just uh, more money before you break, not just more money, but more money than their WWE contracts. Apparently that's the, the report is that Zelina Vega makes more money off Twitch than she does from WWE because there's no house shows. There's no merchandise or there's no pay-per-view, you know, stuff like that, where she would be making bonuses. She's not making that right now. So Twitch mm-hmm. is giving her more money. Yeah. You know, and, and for some people like her where, you know, uh, I, I, I don't think she's under her current WWE contract with or without the bonuses that WWE may be able to provide that they're not providing right now. I, I, I don't think that she's put in a position where she's probably experiencing financial hardship because I, I find that hard to believe for any of the talent that are main roster talent on WWE. Um, but she could be making more money, you know, given all the things that she, she's saying. Right. Uh, if you have the opportunity to earn additional money outside of the WWE, I think that for the most part, you should be able to go out there and do certain things like that. So, you know, if, if, you, if you have a Twitch account and you have a loyal following and you can make it big, uh, you know what? You, you should be able to do s- certain things like that. There should be certain restrictions to that. Uh, you know, if you're WWE, you can't allow your talent to go out and do whatever they want and say whatever they want, because ultimately that does reflect back on the brand WWE itself. Um, and, you know, the other side of this, too, is would Selena Vega still have experienced the same amount of success had she not been in the WWE? So this whole thing, I know that a lot of people are trying to overly simplify it and uh, it's getting kind of subbed up in posts on Twitter and memes and all these types of things. And I think this is actually going to turn out to be a pretty significant issue for the WWE and hopefully prove to be a turning point for the company where they realize they have to give some type of freedom to their talent to do things like this outside of the company. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way. If you're an employee working for an employer, they can't tell you what you do on social media or what you do outside of those eight hours. But sometimes they will send an email out being like, you know, we can look at your social media. If you're being toxic with political things, like I've, I've had that happen to me. Like we've had emails at work where it's like, you know, watch what you say on social media. We don't want things to fall into work. That could certainly happen with Twitch and social media, but it's such a, a great platform, social media and Twitch that can go into the WWE product. I see WWE thinks that they can make money off of this. They're trying to use the ones that already have Twitch accounts to use their Twitch account, which that, that there I'm not a fan of, you know, let them do their own thing. If you want to join the WWE Twitch, that's on you. But, you know, Xavier Woods has his YouTube channel and does nothing. You know, WWE might have a hand in it now, but 
it's still his channel. Yeah. Zelina Vega should be able to have her Twitch account have no repercussions or being told, hey, you can't do that because WWE is not making money off of it. That's yeah, a problem. Yeah. yeah and, you know, I, I, I kind of see both sides of this because, again, back to back to what I was saying earlier. If you're the WWE, you're looking at this from the employer perspective and you're saying, look, these people are making all this money off of these various accounts, whether it's Twitch, whether it's fans, any of that stuff. Right. Um, and, and you're sit back and you're saying they're making all of this money. Uh, because they are, they have this platform like WWE where they're able to, you know, pretty much have the exposure to the masses. Yeah. So that, that's, that's one thing you're really helping establish them at at creating their celebrity status by, by having them become, uh, these performers under the WWE name. On the other side of that, you have to sit back as the employee or just a general individual and say, well, WWE, how much more money do they really need to be making? You know, you go back to 2019. Not a lot. Record last year, 2019, record year for them as far as revenue is concerned, and that's that. That's in part to the. That's in part because of the talent. That's in part because of the business negotiations uh, by Vince McMahon and others involved. And you know, some people have been critical of that, like the Saudi Arabia deal. But that's also because of the Fox partnership, all those things. So um, when you look at 2020 WWE, despite being in a pandemic, they're projected to make. Record profit, I think something around the the the, the number of one hundred and twenty million dollars. It's you know, a that, lot. That's, that's a lot. lot of money. Do you really need to be uh, taking additional money and revenue from your talent that's going out of their way to create something entirely different from you know WWE? I think I think the issue really comes to this. It comes down to uh, responsibility. You can't have talent going out onto any of these platforms and saying and doing whatever they want. And I think that's the fear because I know that at some point, AJ Styles made a comment about him having uh, COVID at some point throughout the year. That was something that nobody knew until he had made mention of that. So could that have played a factor into that? And and, and that's this is the thing. How much of that actually led to the release of Zelina Vega? How much of prior incidents and what was said on these other various third-party apps or whatever you want to call them led to where we are right now I'd like to think at this point in 2020, WWE could hopefully be the bigger person in the room and try to make adjustments to their current structure and not have it where other talent is forced to leave or release because of situations like this. Yeah, I I think most of it is because she was very vocal on the fact that she did not want to give up her Twitch account. I know she when she spoke on Twitch after the release, she was, you know, she said that she wasn't. Hurt, but more heartbroken, I believe was the yeah. quote. I, I don't remember the exact quote off the top of my head, but she did not want her Twitch stream taken away from her from WWE because at the end of the day, they're independent contractors. And this is the big can of worms that people want to open up as far as the whole unionization thing that she even tweeted out she supports. The unionization thing will just ensure that they are employees, not independent contractors. They will get some protection. And in some ways, I think unionization and pro wrestling can work, but there's are, there are the issues. So what do you, what do you think of Zelina Vega saying, I support unionization and other people in social media saying we need to bring pro wrestling to a union? I don't, I, I don't take into account anything that's said on social media. Essentially at this point in 2020, Twitter has become a cesspool for people who, you know, just, just kind of blurred out the, their initial emotional response to any topic. And it's unfortunate that wrestling has become 
uh, in that same category, like we've seen with politics and everything else. So, you know, everybody has the right to their opinion, but I think that too often people are so quick to tweet something out, make a comment, and uh, not truly try to get a full understanding of what's happening or try to actually gather all the facts before they tweet something out like, you know, Vince McMahon is an evil guy or something like that. I mean, that's kind of unfortunately where we're at right now as far as, uh, you know, culture and stuff like that. But as far as unionizing WWE or just wrestling in, 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 in general, I don't think it needs to get to that point, but I think eventually it will get to that point if WWE is unwilling to budge on certain things. You know, when, when you hear people talk about unionization of professional wrestling, you hear them talk about the lack of pension that WWE offers. They're making all this money. Yep. Wrestlers are paid quite a bit when they're currently there under contract, but once they're done, they're done to a certain extent. You know, they, they're banged up, they're hurt, all those types of things. Why can't WWE create some type of pension uh, package for them so that way when they leave, they have something to fall back on? And it's not just like all that money that they made while working has to go towards rehabilitation and fixing their issues and surgeries and all things, those types of things. Right. Because not everybody is paid you know, what Brock Lesnar is paid. Not everybody is paid what John Cena is paid. Uh, people are still well off, but it's not like they're making hand over fist money like some of their top guys are. Um, health health benefits. You know, I, I think that in yeah. 2020, WWE can sit back and realistically figure out a way to provide health care. And I know they take care of their, their athletes in one way or another, um, you know, if there's certain injuries and stuff like that. But why can't they offer them packages yeah. of health care benefits? Like like most companies do in the United States of America. Well, th that's um, the thing. The problem is they are independent contractors. They are not employees. Right. So right. that's how Vince gets the workaround of them not getting those health benefits. But at the same time, he's willing to give them, you know, top doctors. He sends the wrestlers to Dr. Andrews. He sends them to Dr. Maroon. These are like high qualified, well-renowned doctors in yep. not just wrestling but in professional sports in the medical industry so you got that also like i don't know if you saw the paul bearer um documentary on the wwe network recently but back in 2004 paul bearer had a signing bonus that covered his gastric gastric bypass surgery so it's not like wwe isn't doing nothing for healthcare. And AEW, like people want to say, oh, AEW is doing all this stuff for healthcare. Like they're covering medical expenses and whatnot, just like WWE will cover medical expenses. It's just a matter of whether or not you have a plastic card saying you're insured for, you know, whatever. And that only comes afterwards. Like if you're no longer part of WWE, what benefits do you have? And that's where like a pension thing and like protection in a union would give you. Yeah, and I, I think the difficult thing for wrestling overall is I, I think that WWE and the bigger promotions would be able to handle themselves if, if for example, it gets to the point where there is a union. My fear is that is it's actually going to hurt a lot of the smaller companies because if there is now a union for professional wrestling companies, could you imagine them going to the smaller organizations like Ring of Honor, like Impact, where their margins and their revenue isn't anywhere near close to what WWE is making? They don't make the type of revenue because they don't have the, the partnerships and the, deal, the, the um, TV deals like WWE has. They're just Bro. not as big. So when it comes down to it, if you're going to force you know, professional wrestling companies, including the small ones, to do certain things, that's going to put financial hardship on those companies. And it's 
probably likely that they won't be able to retain certain top talent because they're not going to have the amount of money uh, made available to them that they do right now. So um, I think that maybe it could get to that point, but I'm hoping that WWE kind of takes a step back, looks at the bigger picture. Is it really worth uh, taking the gamble to not restructure where it does get to that point where eventually there is some type of union? It'd probably be good for the wrestlers overall. Um, but you know, I think it would also hurt the smaller promotions as well. I think the only thing that I would be worried about when it comes to unionization is you look at the four major sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, yeah. within our, even our lifetime, how many times have we seen some kind of strike or lockout? And this yeah. is with all four major sports. Like the NBA has had multiple lockouts. The NHL has had multiple lockouts. The MLB had a strike that ended their 1994 season. You have the, you know, the NFL that has multiple lockouts. Luckily, they don't lose any games outside of 1987 where they were using replacement players. But still, that's, that's a thing that could happen in wrestling where, you know, Vince McMahon or these other promotions could be like, you guys are asking for too much and there's going to be a lockout or the wrestlers are saying you guys aren't giving us enough and we're going on strike. And then who crosses the picket line and it, it could create a whole, you know, can of worms that you might not want. I mean, yes, we don't like some of the things that Vince McMahon does and some of his business practices, but that could be amplified with a unionization. I think it's, it certainly could. And you know, that that's the thing. You do certainly run the risk of strikes and all of those types of things, but it at least protects the wrestlers in certain aspects of the business. Um, you know, and it, it, it's interesting because when you you go back and you look at some of the comments or the things that gets thrown out there on social media, I know there's a popular YouTube video that's floating around right now where they essentially chop up every single individual uh, person who who talks badly about WWE and how the the industry spits you out. You have nothing after it. Yeah. Um, and, and all of, well, some of that is true, but at the same time, it comes down to choices and personal responsibility at some point. Nobody forces you to get into the wrestling business. It's, it, I mean, it, there, there's, there's an inherent risk when you're trying to pursue a profession as a professional wrestler uh, in comparison to trying to pursue a comfortable living as like an architect or, or somebody a, a professor, something like that. Like you're going, there's probably a higher probability that you're going to get hurt and have long-term damage playing a contact sport like football, uh, fighting in MMA, professional wrestling. So, you know, I, it's, it's surprising when you hear people talk about, well, I have all these health issues following prof- uh, a career in professional wrestling. And it's kind of like, well, what did you ex- like? Did, do people actually expect that not to happen? I mean, right. there is an inherent risk associated with, becoming a professional wrestler, at least trying to pursue that as a profession. So, um, you know, WWE, while there are issues on their end, and I certainly think that there's things that they can change to become a little more favorable uh, to their employees, they're also providing a stage for these people. Mm-hmm. You know, so so if you're a Rock, if you're an Austin, if you're a Jericho, even somebody like The Miz, you know, they they have careers that have been successful because of the WWE. Um, even somebody like, like Ryback, as an example, like they're giving you the stage to be, to be successful because you know, that, that their fame is essentially built because of their hard work in conjunction with the WWE, giving them the platform to do it. And when, once they leave the WWE, they can, they have the opportunity to pursue, pursue certain 
um, avenues to make money. True. So it's not like WWE just takes them and spits them out. I mean, you 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 can still go out there and earn a living, especially now with all of these third party things. You leave WWE, you can do that stuff outside of with, without WWE's consent. Right. So, so it's it's it's, it's just going to be a difficult road for WWE to navigate. But I still think that they can make it happen without a union getting involved. Now, here's the next question. And I think this will be the last question on this topic is she was obviously tweets out that she supports unionization. So now you got a bunch of people on Twitter saying, Hey, if you want to get out of your contract, just say you support unionization. And you have even have Dave Meltzer saying that Vince McMahon is ready to have this battle with unionization. Do you think you see more people being more vocal about unionization in professional wrestling to ultimately get out of their WWE contracts? Okay, so they get out of their WWE contract. Let's say best case scenario, they go to AEW, they go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right. It it's not like those are unionized. True. So but what is, but they're what is, offering the they difference? they offer more. To I guess they feel like they get more out of AEW or New Japan or Impact or whatever that they're not getting from WWE. I mean, that's the thing. You you can certainly do that. I mean, but again, it, it's kind of like you're, you're running a risk. There are some people who are, I'm sure, more than happy in WWE because I, I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference between the creative the creative in WWE, which I think people have certainly been critical of. And yep. I think there's now this that people are starting to be critical of as well. Right. And it's kind of like, okay, well, you can leave the WWE and you can go elsewhere. Um, will you be happier? Yeah, you might be happier, but that's also not guaranteed. It doesn't mean just because you're going to AEW you know, is, is it like there's going to be any less risk that you get hurt? Yeah. You might be able to go and do your third party thing on Twitch and all that stuff. And that, that's fine. I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's, that's entirely up to you. I just, um, I don't know. I I don't see how it's really going to be that much more different in comparison to staying in WWE. Exactly. So I do want to bring up Zelina Vega's husband because he's also in the news recently. Alistair Black recently requested to go back to NXT was denied. Now, now with the news that Zelina Vega gets released, she was very vocal about her leaving, you know, wanting to get Twitch and unionization, all this stuff. Do you think that this could lead to a burial of Aleister Black and WWE or, you know, the fact that they denied this request of NXT? Do you think that also played along with Zelina Vega's release? I don't know if it played along with what happened with her as far as her release. I think it's unfortunate what's happening with him because I think that he's very talented. He was one of the better guys in the ring in NXT and him asking to go back to NXT just kind of, to me, it's just another, another one of those things. Like, look, you're calling these guys up to the main roster for what? Like you're not utilizing him. He hasn't been hardly utilized since he's been called up. And I think it also speaks volumes to, what Triple H has been able to do in NXT because time and time again, these guys leave WWE, they go up to the main roster. When they leave, they do these interviews and they talk about how they enjoyed their time in NXT. I think FTR is no different. They talked about how right. Triple H really pushed hard to keep them under contract and they they considered it. I think that Triple H right now, what, what he's doing in NXT and what he has done in the past is creating a culture and just just something that people can buy into. He knows how to work with the talent. He knows how to listen to the talent. He puts them in positions to be successful. And I think ultimately you empower those wrestlers to do what they want to do in the ring and provide them some creative freedom. 
and they're happy. And unfortunately, that doesn't carry over to the main roster. It's two very different things. Um, I just think it's unfortunate. I mean, if the guy wants to go back to NXT and you're not going to utilize him on the main roster, why, what, what's the harm in having him go back to NXT? I don't, I don't get know. that part of it. The only thing that I, I would say that they would deny it is maybe they do have something in plan for him. And if he goes back to NXT, he'll get lost in the shuffle because there's a lot of people that are going back to NXT. The main event picture and the mid card picture, like there's a lot of people there, you know, like Johnny Gargano and Champa that have never gone to the main roster except for, you know, a couple blips here and there. You have Velveteen Dream, you have Austin Theory, you have Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis. There's a lot of people in that mid card. Damian Priest is another one where if Aleister Black goes back, does he get lost in the shuffle? And it's just basically the same thing anyway. That's the thing you got to worry about too. Yeah, I mean, there's certain guys that I think can go back and uh, make an immediate impact or return to the NXT and really kind of assume the same prominence and role that they had before. I think he's one of them. I think Andrade's another one. And there's probably a couple other guys that can go back to to um, NXT and not really uh, lose their spot or get lost in the shuffle because I think that they really helped establish the brand, especially those two. Andrade and Aleister Black certainly come to mind, and and I know there's others. Right. Uh, so I, I, I don't think that would happen to them right. or to him specifically. So if you were Vince and Triple H, would you send Aleister Black back to NXT? Yeah, I, I don't I don't see the problem. I, I don't see the issue with it. I would send him back to NXT. All right. Yeah, I, I probably agree, but I, I worry that he might get lost in the shuffle nonetheless. But NXT's competition on Wednesday nights is AEW. And they are building a lot of big matches for the next month or so as they try to boost their ratings from November and December. Last year, they had a pretty big uh, dip in their ratings. This time of year, last year, they're trying to boost that this year. And that includes a big match for the NWA Women's Championship. Serena Deeb will be defending that title against Thunder Rosa. Not only that, we have this little banter on Twitter between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. saw that on Twitter. I did. Once again, it looks like NWA is getting the forefront of AEW's women's division. And the question now is, one, who wins this match? And two, what is the significance of now you have Britt Baker put into the fold and this whole, it seems like there's a partnership there. So how significant could this partnership be with AEW and NWA? Well, I think it's I think I think it's significant, and I think it's especially significant for the women's division because go, uh, going back to the last time we talked about this, I think the main reason they're doing it is not so much because of you know Thunder Rosa. She's certainly very talented, and I think that a lot of people within the wrestling and wrestling professional wrestling uh, community know who she is, mm-hmm. and they'll follow her and they'll watch the match and all of that type of stuff. But you know, you have a lot of casual fans who maybe watch occasionally, or even fans who have never watched AEW before that can associate with or um, connect with the name NWA because NWA has been around for so long. It's very prominent. Right. Uh, so th- so I think they're kind of leaning on the fact that, you know, they can use that to their, their advantage and say, hey, look, we're bringing in talent from that promotion and having them go to AEW. So I think that they're hoping that that will garner a little extra attention. Um and on top of the fact, like I said, Thunder Rosa, she's certainly somebody who's well-respected and a lot of people follow her. So why not do it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of potential there with this partnership with NWA and AEW. I think it is a focal point for both women's divisions that could definitely benefit from it. One, you have the women's division in NWA that 
there's really not a lot of people in it, but those that are in it are very talented. Thunder yeah. Rose obviously leading that pack, but AEW can really benefit from some of these more experienced talents and have these matches where right now they don't have that. And with Serena Deeb, with her experience being the NWA Women's Champion, being able to go back and forth, I think that is really a big focal point. And if you now have Britt Baker into the mix here too, say she does end up beating whoever the NWA Women's Champion is after this match, take the title. You know, now you have an AEW original taking this title that has a lot of prestige to it. If you're a big wrestling fan, a big historian or whatnot, I think that's going to be huge for AEW, especially when they're trying to solidify their women's division. So with this all said, who wins Serena Deeb or Thunder Rosa? I got to think that uh, Britt Baker tweet tweeting what she tweeted out wasn't done by accident more. So it was done by intent. I think that she gets involved costs uh thunder rose of the match and then that's going to be the launch of their their feud from there um I, serena deep just won the title not too long ago i want to say what like what what is that uh a couple three weeks ago like two three weeks ago yeah because i think yeah. it was like a week before full gear so i can't see them taking the title off of her already um i could be wrong i could be totally wrong on that and, and maybe it was done because uh thunder rose's status with nwa or wherever she ended up going or how, when she ended up signing was still kind of in question. Cause I know there was that weird period where yeah. people thought she was going to WWE and then they were saying she's going to EW. I don't really know. Um, but I think that Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa is going to be a good feud. I think that's going to be the launching point. So I think Britt Baker costs her the match and then Serena Deeb wins at this point. AEW is putting a lot of focus on the NWA Women's Championship and the AEW Women's Championship kind of has been put on the back burner. Would you right now merge the titles? Um, I don't think I'd merge them. I think I'd like to see them put a little more focus on the AEW Championship itself. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think I'd merge the titles because right. I think that becomes a tricky situation supposing things go go south between the two companies. Um, it doesn't eventually work out. You know, they decide not to work together anymore. Then you have to kind of unmerge the titles and I don't know. It True. makes for a complicated situation. True. But, you know, there's a lot to talk about in this episode. We love the comments and we have our weekly news roundup every Sunday. So make sure you subscribe, hit that bell for notification. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.